Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. And if it is a mistake, which I don't think anything really is a mistake, it's just all called learning. How great is that? That's wisdom. That's how you grow in wisdom. Do you want to read a book about your life or do you want to live your life? Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well, this could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And I'm Todd Isburner. I guess I'm your co-host. Yes, you are. No, or you're my, or you're the host and I'm your co-host. Uh, either way, We're a it'll good work. So Wendy, <laughs> you know, we've just celebrated Christmas and uh, leading up to it was really a crazy busy time of the year. And I think not just for us, but for everybody. And every once in a while, you know, it seems like there's a certain cliche phrase that kind of rises to the surface that we would use to describe what it's like during these crazy times. You want to take a guess at what that is? Well, I'm sure there are many, but in light of today's guest, I would say that when things are all happening at once, it's kind of like, you know, a three ring circus. There you go. Exactly. A three, <laughs> ding, ring, ding, circus. Ding, three ring circus. Yeah. Whenever we feel like there's just too much happening at once, uh, you know, it seems like all we want is peace and quiet, kind of like you'd expect to find maybe in a monastery. Well, I'm not sure if that's the case there either, but let's find out. Well, our guest today does, in fact, live in a monastery. <laughs> Brother Paul Vincent is a Benedictine monk, and he's serving as communications and marketing director at St. John's Abbey in St. Cloud. And uh, I'm, I'm just kind of looking through his bio. I'm not going to go through all of it, but there are some wonderful credentials I just want to pass along to you. He possesses a bachelor's degree in theater did you catch that? No, theater. I didn't say theology. I said theater <laughs> and secondary education from the University of Wisconsin-Madison and has an MA in uh, directing. Wow. Direct. That's yeah, so director. Cool. Yeah. From the Chicago School of Performing Arts at Roosevelt University. And since 1995, he's taught theater and directed over 50 musicals. Wow. Uh, you talk about a busy life. Seriously. And, he, and also plays at uh, St. John's Preparatory School. And he's also directed for the St. Cloud Civic Theater and the College of St. Benedict St. John's University Opera Workshop. Now, wow. wasn't wow. always that way. He wasn't always part of a monastic community. Brother Paul Vincent was, are you get ready for this now, a very successful circus master for 13 <laughs> years. Yes, you heard that correctly. <laughs> for 13 years before becoming a Benedictine monk. And on today's episode, we're going to hear his story on how he went from ringmaster to monk and why no matter what stage in life you're in, there may be a completely new opportunity line ahead if you give yourself permission to go after it. Yes. So welcome, Brother Paul Vincent. Welcome to your biggest breakthrough. Great to be here. <laughs> we are honored. We really are. Yes, we are. And I just, I love how you've always um, been an entertainer and now you are entertaining uh, 
others for the Lord. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so awesome how you are sharing his, his truth and entertaining us in, in all the ways, but you met my husband not too long ago when he was at your monastery for 10 days. He tried to make it for 13. I survived it he, too. No, no, he tried to make it for 13, but he did go for 10. Yeah. Um, but he shared your fascinating story with me. And I said, we have got to have him on your biggest breakthrough because I am fascinated by all um, by your life. It's just absolutely amazing. But before we go into the details, um, I wanted to know, are you able to tell me, did did Todd keep his 73 Benedicting rules? Uh-oh. Okay. Do you know? The, say again. The- did he Did he keep those 73 Benedicting rules? We do the best. Yeah, we do the best we can. It's, oh, did he? Yeah, I did, Todd. I'm glad Um, you do the best you can, but what about him? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, um, security on campus, we didn't get any calls. So as far as we know, he he did rather well. Oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm glad you bailed me up. (laughs) Brother Paul Vincent, not many people would expect um, that a Benedictine monk would first have a career as a circus ringmaster and i'm sure that you are one if if maybe uh, the only? only one who's who's gone that route but actually I want to... actually not oh, there, really? there are, i i know of two others get out of here yeah. okay that's very yeah. unusual but, you, you know others, that's, that's three three yeah circles. i was gonna say that's not very many <laughs> no no that is not well why don't you take us back to your childhood and talk a little bit about what your family life was like and, and your upbringing and then what led you to the circus? Certainly, certainly. Um, I'm very blessed to grow up in a small town, northern Wisconsin, Phillips, Wisconsin, 1,500 people. Um, wonderful family system. My mom um, was a convert to Catholicism, so watch out for those converts. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're strong. She joined the church when she was in college, and not to marry my dad. She just was attracted to the church. Um, and the Catholic Church, and both my mom and dad were uh, in the medical profession. My father was uh, a doctor, and mom was a med technician. Um, Two older brothers, um, so always feeling very protected, but but not protected from teasing, of course, and and, uh, challenging, and so so you had to hold your own, especially at at the dinner table. Um, <laughs> mom, mom was, uh, among other things, uh, certainly a pillar in the community, but also organist, church organist. And of course this pre-Vatican II, um, when I was, you know, single digits youth. Um, and I loved to be up in the choir loft. I loved mm-hmm. the view. Um, I love the music. I still love music so much. And, uh, and I, I was good. I behaved, and especially if I, didn't, you know, the the biggest rule was don't erase the numbers on the chalkboard, because then the choir won't know what to say. say. Um, so I grew up in that environment, and the the sisters and the priests uh, were friends of the family. Would come over for dinner, um, and so growing up, um, I definitely priesthood was appeal, very appealing to me. Um, at the same time. When I was maybe seven, uh, there were posters that appeared in town and, you know, the county fair came every year, but that's, that's a carnival. That's a different sort of situation. This was a circus coming. They were going to have elephants. They were going to have a blood sweating hippopotamus. And I was, I was suspect. 
Did you say really? blood? Wait, did you say blood sweating hippopotamus? Yeah, blood sweating hippopotamus. That's okay. how they would advertise. That's how okay. It now, was this the Ringling Brothers no. and Bar? Okay. okay. Oh no! Oh no! Phillips was fifteen hundred people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, weren't so going to go not. there. Yeah. yeah, this was this is what's known as a truck show I or, see. or a mud show as well, because mud was part of the existence on that, which I learned later. Um, yeah, it just exuded a certain um, whatever. Uh, substance that if you took your handkerchief on it, a white handkerchief and pulled it off, it'd be pinkish, you know? So how spectacular a blood sweating hippopotamus. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway, That's fascinating. Uh, so you're seven years uh, old and this is yeah, I'm first seven exposure. years old. And I went down to the field where the circus was supposed to set up um, the day before. And there was nothing there. And I thought, you see, it's all nonsense. This is ridiculous. This isn't going to happen. So the morning of the day, that the next morning, um, my brothers came to my room and said, what are you doing in bed? Get up. The circus is here. And I said, no, it is not. I was there yesterday. There's nothing there. And they said, come on. And so we went down. The big top was already in the air. There were three elephants. There was blood sweating hippopotamus. Wow. <laughs> they did this all overnight. They, they erected all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And and um, actually, they travel early in the morning and uh, a, a good tent show will be up in two and a half hours. Amazing. It takes about two and a half hours to set up if it's a good if it's good weather and a decent lot, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's pretty clockwork. Um, so an amazing day. I saw my first African-American. Uh, wow. This was in the 50s, mind you, northern Wisconsin. So, whoa. Just a just an amazing day, and so the next day I went down to to see it. it was gone. Nothing left. The grass. There was an imprint of the circus ring, and you could tell sort of where cer certain stuff was the midway, but that was it. And I thought, whoa, what was that? <laughs> that was amazing. Really. And so I got every library book I could order from the Wisconsin Free Library about the circus and um, just became obsessed with the circus and with the church at the same time. So much so that when I was a senior in high school, uh, students from UW-Madison were coming around to, to uh, high schools and checking, uh, interviewing the seniors to see what they were looking forward to do, uh, becoming as a profession. And I said, oh, I, I've totally got it figured out. I'm either going to be a priest or a circus ringmaster. <laughs> they probably thought you, what, you flipped your lid. Yeah, what was, their, to you. what was their reaction to that? Um, it was a Initially, silence. Um, <laughs> getting you ready for, getting them ready for you going to well, the monkhood. Silence. Yeah. Well, and so, um, as, as I, I said before, I, I'm pretty sure I started a new column on that spreadsheet that they were uh, operating there. Um, but in fact, and I, I understood this well enough, they said, well, that's, you know, the ringmaster's interesting. Probably priesthood makes more sense. And so I went to uh, St. John's University here in Collegeville, where I am now studying philosophy, theology to uh, begin priesthood studies. And I was a terrible student. I'm pretty sure I was on academic probation by the second semester. 
I was also in the men's chorus, um, which was great fun. And uh, they were uh, uh, combining with the, the women over at St. College of St. Benedict to put on the um, Gilbert and Sullivan um, operetta Patience. And they needed one more man. And they said, just come. You don't even have to try out. Just come. I said, I can't. I have to study. I'm, you know, I'm drowning. And they said, oh, just please, please come. So I thought, okay, I'll do it. And of course, I did theater all the way through high school and grade school and, and um, had a blast. And I thought, who am I kidding? And so I transferred UW-Madison, majored in theater. It's the closest thing I could find in the circus. And I actually joined the circus in 1974, a year before I graduated from college, promising my dad that I would go back and, and finish because an opportunity came up to join a, a family circus that was organizing in central Wisconsin, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. And so June 14th, 1974, Rochelle, Wisconsin was the first date, my first day on the circus. Wow. Wow. It seemed it. Magic, magic, fire eating, uh, puppetry and uh, big you, you were doing magic fire eating. You yeah. were. Well, I was. You were, you were reading. You were. You and were. then I. Yeah. This was in the sideshow. Gotcha, and then gotcha, I did gotcha. fire manipulation. Oh, my and word. Puppets. And then uh, big you could snakes. go on America's Got Talent. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> and then in the big show, in the main show, played trumpet and clowned and uh, did a, a magic act and clown acts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and set goodness. up and tore down seven towns a week, two shows a day. Hmm. Oh, my no days word. off <laughs> for 150 bucks. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is a lot of work for 150 bucks. a lot bucks. of work. I was 20. I was 20, 21. But you had that passion. You had that fire oh, burning in you. Absolutely. I was doing the fire eating. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> burning out of my literally. mouth. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so bad. That's hilarious. Oh, well, I I mean, I just find it fascinating because I I loved the circus since I was a little girl as well. And I remember standing in line to to get on top of that the big elephant because I wanted to ride around the, the ring. And it was just really, really a cool experience, but I've never met anyone that's been involved in the circus. So fascinating. But were you ever, um, since you were, you know, going, wanting to go circus or priesthood, did you ever feel a little guilty because you were in the circus and didn't go after the priesthood? Was there a guilt there ever? I, you know what? I, I didn't because at that time, because um, I was, Academically, it it was clear to me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was not a good idea. And, and you're very much a creative. And so I'm wondering, were you distracted in school? Did you have a... Oh, heck yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why you weren't <laughs> as good. I mean, because you're, you're oh. highly intelligent. I just see you're such a creative that you're like, yeah. eh, this school stuff. <laughs> oh, and I didn't study habits. What are those? I, right, I, right. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't understand what I I did well in the the talent show for the right. homecoming talent show. I ate fire, of course. Right, right. You know, uh-huh. So that's probably uh, Ringling Brothers right now, or whatever. The, the circus, the is. circus yeah. is calling you back, but you're yeah. you're there to stay. <laughs> Listen, Brother Paul Vincent, would you just take a moment here? Because I'm just thinking about somebody who's listening, and they're thinking, "Man, that is a huge contrast." <laughs> You're going to go into the priesthood and then you become a circus ringmaster. And maybe inside of them, there's been some stirring lately of an opportunity that looks like it's coming up on the horizon, but they're afraid to pursue it. They're, they're, <laughs> you can tell this. Everybody thinks the monastic life is just quiet, sitting around yeah. in silence. No, 
but maybe they're thinking, I, I just don't know that this is the thing that I should pursue. I'm, I'm afraid to step out there. What if it's not the right thing? And, and what will people think? Can you talk to them a little bit? Because maybe they need the freedom and the permission mm. to go ahead and pursue that thing that, that God has placed in front of them. You know, I, and, and you have to realize I, you know, I was flying solo, you know, so I didn't have a, a wife and children. Arguably, would certainly one would assume would change the dynamic. You know, I, I grew up in a in a home where my folks. I mean, my oldest brother was an oceanographer, and my other brother was um, communications, marketing, public relations, journalism, and I was into juggling and puppets and magic and you know theater. Um, so clearly, we we all had different interests, and they encouraged us to follow our passion. And, and even when I knew darn well, they didn't like this idea of me joining the circus, but, but they also grew up with me, with me being so passionate about it. And, um, any, and to be sure, uh, when I was on the show, uh, mom and dad would come visit and dad being a doctor would go around because doctors are pretty, uh, precious on a circus. Uh, because you're moving all the time. So, um, yeah. wow. Uh, and so dad really appreciated that dynamic uh, mm. as well. Um, I, you know, I th- you know, it's, it's, as I said earlier, before we went on, you know, life, life is not a dress rehearsal. And, and, and I don't, I don't think anyone wants to wrap up their life on earth with regrets. Right. Um, inevitably there will be some certainly, but um Live it. It's yeah do it my goodness yeah. gracious uh, and working of course we have st john's university here so lots of men that were my age when i did that and i can tell them dude do it now oh. you're young things, dude <laughs> yeah you're young uh you're resilient mm-hmm. um you're single mm-hmm. and your brain is in fabulous shape, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to suck up so much experience at this point in your life and carry it forward. Love that. You know, and if it is a mistake, which I don't think anything really is a mistake, it's just all called learning. Yes. You know, um, how, how great is that? Mm. That's wisdom. That's how, that's, that's how you grow in wisdom. Would you, would you want to read a book about your life or do you want to live your life? Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. That is so good. And that is such a good word uh, because if you are struggling right now, I'm hearing you say a couple of things. One is find, find somebody around you can, who can give you that support and that encouragement and keep pursuing that dream or that opportunity. And don't be afraid because you only do live once. If there's something in there, go for it. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, Brother Paul Vincent say. So I appreciate those words. And I think that's right on. Yes. And and before we came on, I, I said that I had, um, listened to a little snippet interview that uh, you and Todd did at, at the monastery. And I was just blown away just about how just authentic and real mm-hmm. and, and normal you are. And I don't mean that in a weird way, but you know, I don't think everyone um, has the opportunity to talk to a monk or a, run, a ringmaster for that matter. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're just really 
uh, real. And, and I just appreciate that about you. And so, and unique and you and unique. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I think that that's, that is being authentic is when you can be your unique self. So, um, but Wendy loves what, the circus. I do love the circus. I want to take us back there for five seconds. They're, uh, you know, of course they're human beings. So you, you, anywhere you're going to go, you're going to have a couple of, of, um, you know, goofballs or, or less than, than lovely people. Uh, but, but the vast majority are incredibly generous, which I would have wrapped up in the late eighties. Um, still circus people weren't getting paid. What, I mean, you would think, Oh, wow, they're making, you know, a lot of money, but there are no benefits. Um, there's no 401 there's yeah, 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 yeah. They do it because they love it. Uh, they bingo. You said it. They do it because that is their passion. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it to entertain uh, the masses, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it because they also love the community itself. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good point. Yeah. And yeah. That's where that's where um, what you do now. And exactly. being in the circus is so common. Like <laughs> it, it, there's a common commonality there. Exactly. Maybe sometimes you yeah. feel like you haven't really left the circus. You're just in a different context. <laughs> sometimes, many times. Yeah, many times. The only, the only difference is we don't move every day. We, we stay in one yeah, place. Put. So you were a ringmaster. Now that's different. You were always, uh, you know, eating fire. You were a ringmaster. Describe what a ringmaster does. Certainly. Um I'm your host for this afternoon's circus performance. So I'm the one with the microphone. I'm the one introducing the acts. Um, the I'm big hat. Did you have a big hat? Yep. Oh, <laughs> I look like um, yes. mirror ball on steroids is what awesome. I Awesome. I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it was such an honor. It was such an honor. Um, performed about 6,500 shows wow. um, Amazing. Which, which is a little overwhelming but but the secret to that especially because generally each year you do about 550 performances and the show is basically the same mm. Um, mm. but you know so how do you keep that fresh you have to look at the show through the audience's eyes and they're seeing it for the first time and so you have to be seeing it for the first time with them. Yeah. Wow. Don't you see that? I'm sorry to interrupt, but don't you see the similarity too? I'm sure you do. Um, when you're sharing God's, God's truth and his word to someone who's never heard his goodness and his, and his just amazing love for them. Mm. I, I love yeah, that. You may have shared it a whole bunch, but there are some folks that you're going to run into who are hearing it for the first time and to stay fresh and current and, and intimate with the Lord while you're sharing. I think those are key ingredients in keeping it alive in us and available for others. Yeah, that's that's really, it's interesting to hear you say that because I think about uh, there are some plays that they'll run for a year, two years. We had one out here nearby that ran for 12 years, the same play night after night with the same actors. You're talking about wow. Triple Espresso? No, not that oh, one. There's another one. one. Uh, I do, I do. And Chan has Oh, it. I do, I do. Yes. But, but just like what you said, you've got to work on keeping it fresh, seeing it through their eyes. And it just, that's a, that's a wonderful word for us. Mm-hmm. And, and those, those are two great shows. I really like Triple Espresso. Um, ah. But, but the word of God is that is the best script you can find, ladies Amen. and gentlemen. Mm. 
There is no finer script. There is no script that you can keep on going back to and finding more and more gold and platinum. Mm. It mm-hmm. keeps on keeping on. It's it's phenomenal. So, I mean, when you direct Shakespeare, love directing Shakespeare, rich Tennessee Williams, very, very rich. Oh, my gosh. Scripture. Holy Hannah. What more can you ask for? Yeah. Come on, breach it now. That's so good. Yeah, you're so right. That's such an encouraging word. And so maybe there are some who are listening who are, maybe you're not that familiar with the Bible or you think, well, that's just kind of an outdated historical book or whatever. But just like Brother Paul Vincent is saying, I mean, check it out. There is life. There is Mm -hmm. drama. You talk about a great script that's going to open your eyes wide. Uh, That's the place to go. And Jesus said, it's the living word. He's the living word. And so uh, it's going to come alive for you as you read it. And it's our story too. It's oh, where the humans, it is yes. our story. Yes. You will find yourself within those pages. Which reminds me, is there any particular Bible character that you identify with more than any other? <laughs> oh, totally, totally, totally. St. Paul. St. Paul. Paul. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Brother Paul I, Vincent. I, I didn't realize, I thought when I was growing up, my mom had named me after her oldest brother. And I wasn't, it was maybe 30 something when finally I said, well, you named me after St. Paul, right? She said, no, I didn't. I named you after St. Paul. Oh. And I said, really? Boy, that's, I mean, her brother was nice, but he wasn't St. Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah, that set the bar a little higher, didn't it? Right, right. But also, you know, someone who was pretty full of himself and needed to get knocked off his horse in order to, for the Lord to get his attention. And I think that's. That, that works for me as well. Yeah, sometimes I can be pretty um, strong-headed, shall we say. Probably I think a lot of people us. can relate, yeah, yeah. <laughs> us included. <laughs> so we've heard a little bit about circus life. Let's talk about life Monastic as a life. Benedictine monk. Yes, and absolutely. First of all, why, why a Benedictine? Like, there are all these other orders of brotherhoods, and you chose the Benedictines. Right, sure. because when Todd was going up to the monastery, Everyone thought he was going to shave his head and come back with the robe <laughs> like a, on, and like a, like a yeah, that's like, like a, a Buddhist monk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, nope, nope, that's different. <laughs> yeah, so, just describe the monastic life and why why the Benedictines? Absolutely. Um, at the end of my career, when I was making, in compared to my personal budget now, I was making making almost twice a week what my personal budget yearly personal budget is now. So. I, whoa, (laughs) on a rough day, I think of that and think, what was I thinking coming into the monastery on a a rough day, Um, which happily doesn't happen very often anymore, certainly. I came back to St. John's. I went up to uh, join a bunch of Trappist monks in the up in the mountains of um, Colorado. And morning prayer was at three thirty in the morning. It was mystical. It was amazing. And I thought, yeah, it was a obviously a little naive saying to God, if, if I have a good, if I have a good time, that means you want me to be a priest. If I don't have a good time, that means you don't want me to be a priest. A little naive. And um, at least I didn't say, hello, God, this is Paul. I think God can know who we are. Um, and so I had an amazing time, kept a diary, which I highly recommend anytime you're going through a shift in life. Um, and I had a great time. So I was like, okay, great. God wants me to be a priest. So I applied uh, to the diocese, my diocese, Northern Wisconsin. And they said, 
you know, where would you like to go? They offered Rome, which was pretty romantic, but my folks were still alive at that point. And um, I knew St. John's was a good school. Didn't really like it, but I knew it was a good school. I would only be here for, for four academic years. So I, I said, well, let's, let's go to the seminary at St. John's. And so I did. And I did very well academically. I'd grown hey. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I thought as, as uh, um, rural or as, as lonesome as I thought St. John's was when I was a freshman, um, so did I find the place to just a little bit lower than the Garden of Eden when I arrived. And I arrived in January and it was still the Garden of Eden to me. Wow, that says a lot. And yeah, yeah. So I clearly had grown up a little bit. And um, so I loved the seminary. I loved uh, being with the guys studying, though the studies were very, very difficult, but it, it was going very well. But then I realized that being a diocesan priest, I would be in the parish by myself, basically. Uh, and I would have had three parishes. Um, and I knew myself well enough at that point to know that I will not make, I won't make it. Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest in my family. I love the, the community on the circus. I need my bros. I need yes. a, a family system. Uh, otherwise, I, 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 I just won't survive. I'm just not. Yeah made that way. At the same time, on Sunday nights, we would pray because a lot of the guys would be out on assignments. So on Sunday night, we would go over to the Abbey and pray evening prayer with the monks. And I was transfixed the first time I saw this group. They all came out in procession and there were tall ones, short ones, fat ones, skinny ones, bald ones, hairy ones, <laughs> just one of each and a few you never thought of and and uh, and they all all men and they all prayed together and they sang together and they sounded wonderful that was love at first sight is really really what it was and so i disengaged from uh seminary studies um switched my major to monastic studies graduate studies in monastic uh life and um to see what this was that i was attracted to. And of course, that's what I was attracted to in Snowmass with those Trappist monks. Yes. It was the monastic life and the, mm -hmm. and the prayer times during the day. Um, and so then, yep, um, entered the monastery. And, uh, and I've been here 26 years. Wow. 26 Beautiful. years. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. what is it like living in a brotherhood? Um, I mean, I, I think of, you know, I, I always think of nuns and 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 brothers like like just to to, to all be around the same um Species. sex <laughs> yeah. and and how does that work because you mentioned that there's a lot of personalities in the circus i would imagine there's a lot of personalities right there where, where you are and <laughs> so how do you deal with that and also what are some of the benefits and challenges of of living in a brotherhood absolutely um the, the, we have a little joke where when two monks are gathered there's always at least three opinions <laughs> um, so, and to think that we're all alike is so far from the truth. Oh my gosh. No, no. Um, the, I think one of the, the most powerful graces that we are really in a sense, almost forced to receive is that when you have a falling out with someone, which is normal, um, in your own family system, 
you know, you have arguments, whatever. Um, that's that's life. Um, in the monastery, they're going to be there again tomorrow. And they're going to be there the next day and the next week and the next month. And so eventually, Brother Paul Vincent, OSB, you're going to have to say, uh, you're going to have to move to repair that relationship. Um, you can't run away from it. And that, um, you know, in our life today, we're so mobile, um, even couples, uh, you know, the divorce rate, yikes. Um, any, anything, and I've, my both my brothers are married, and uh, did they have troubles within their marriage? Oh, my goodness. Um, but, um, you know, they are so, my oldest brother is deceased now, but making it through those troubles, they were so much more in love and deeper in love. And uh, I think that that is just right there. What what you're saying is not running from Mm -hmm. a conflict. Instead, you guys uh, deal with it in love and grace. And it's not always easy, but you, you become more, more humble more um, deeper and richer in love for one another and for the Lord. And um, I, I, I wish that it was like that even more in families because families mm-hmm. are so dispersed all over the place. They can just mm-hmm. run and they don't right. have to deal with the conflict, but dealing with the conflict makes us um, grow as, as individuals. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, and it's good to hear that you actually have some of that in the monastery. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> some, of the, some of the guys are on your nerves. Sometimes. Some? I get it. Oh, they really- <laughs> Because people, some did you say some? Yeah, some okay, no. all of them. Are- <laughs> I think people just have got you know some misperceptions again about what it's like in in monastic life, and I'm thinking about what Jesus said, and and he said we're we're in the world, we're not of the world, and sometimes we wonder, well, how do we do that um, without joining a monastery? So. Right. Bring some, shed some light on those who, who who think that the only way to have perfect relationships and everything else is to, you know, come join a monastery because that you're a family too, and you've got to deal with the same yeah. kinds of things. Or, or to even hear from the Lord, I yeah. need to go and, and join a monastery. So how do we do that in the world, uh, yeah. Brother Paul Vincent, without joining a monastery? You know, my opinion is that it's a lot easier to do it in the monastery when, when I, and, and I'm going to tell you hopefully what would be, but, but we're so blessed um, because morning prayers at seven o'clock every morning. Yes. Every morning. Consistency. Every morning. Well, no, yeah. on, uh, on Easter Sunday morning, it's at eight o'clock and on <laughs> Christmas morning, it's at eight o'clock. Cause we're up really late the night before, uh-huh. but every, yes. And noon prayers at noon, every day, masses at five evening prayers at seven every day. Mm. The bells tell us if someone's not there, people notice, is he okay? Is he all right? Yada, yada, yada. Um, your lives, uh, it aren't so regimented that literally make it easier. So I would submit that um, the discipline that it takes for you is, is, you know, you might say, wow, brother Paul, the discipline it takes to go to prayer at all those times. And I would say, yeah, but the discipline it takes for you to get to those prayers without the bells ringing. Trying to get the discipline. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, you so what you're going to get. 
where yeah, you're going, you what need, you're doing. You know, and as I tell youngsters or, or anybody, you know, if you want a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, you got to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's someone that you're courting, someone that caught your eye, you're not going to call them once a month. Don't expect them to get excited about you calling them once a month. (laughs) Uh, If you want to build strong body, you know. Can't do that. Yeah. You're going to go to the gym once a month. No, Uh, It it ain't going to happen. And you know that. So as we say, and that's one of the things we say in the monastery, you got to show up, Mm. you know, you got to show up. Jesus is always there. Mm. He's just waiting for you. And he'll wait till hell freezes over. But you got to show up. You, It's a relationship. It's you got to show up. So you got to show up. That's I love so that's going to stick in my head today. You got to yeah, show up. I think that's the answer there. Um, Brother Paul Vincent, what is one thing you've experienced in your life as a monk that you wish everyone could experience? Without being in the monastery. Without being in the monastery. Good point. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, gosh. There's so many things. Um, I think one of the best stories um, that I shared earlier, we were junior monks where you, you make first vows and then you're a monk for at least three years and sometimes it's extended and then you apply for final vows and then it's life. Mm. Of course, you're free to go anytime. This is, a is you know. It's not a prison. It's right. A, it's willfully, right. yes. But, <laughs> but, but once the community accepts you, they accept you for life. I know mm. where my body is going to be buried. Um, and for me, that is calming. Um, so we were meeting as junior monks. We had a day of reflection, we call it, and uh, had a little uh, wine and cheese and beer and, and conversation after. And someone yeah, else. Catholic Catholic they yeah. can do that wine. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. and, and we had one of the older monks up from the retirement center, just a magnificent man who used to be second in command, the prior. And uh, Berthold Riker, Father Berthold Riker, gentle, wise man. And one of the youngsters said to him, one of the young men said, you know, Father, everyone was talking, but he said, you know, Father, when does celibacy, and of course, that's a buzzword, particularly in the junior, because they're all young men. Yeah, which maybe we'll talk on that in just a second. And all of a sudden, everything gets quiet. It's like, oh, what did he just ask? And so the question was, when does celibacy become not an issue anymore? When does it, you know, you're in your 80s. Tell us, you know, when you're 53 or what? what. And so everyone was quiet watching him. And the smile crept across his face. And he said, oh, I think about an hour after they bury your body is when (laughs) it's no longer an issue. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. That's so, hilarious yeah. and so authentic. And, right? And and we are biologically wired, you know, to procreate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is normal. That is normal. Um, uh, you know, sometimes in the middle of January at night, there's snow howling outside the monastery, and I'm crawling into bed by myself, and it can be a little lonely. Um, I'm human. Right. Um, yeah. Do but by the same token, do do I want to be with someone 
and yet be lonely at the same time as well. So, so we need to know our calling. Am I called to be a husband, a wife? Am I called? I love people. Make no mistake about it. And thankfully, blessed to be a teacher. And so, uh, and I love high school age, particularly high school age students. They're amazing. Um, hopefully, I've taught them as much as they taught me. Um, but am I called to be someone? I, I have the greatest respect for parents. Oh, my gosh. 24-7 for the rest of your life. Don't That, that you are always that child's parent. I can't handle that. I could, I know myself well enough. I can't handle that. Can I, can I work with them as part of the larger village that raises a child? You bet. I am totally going to be there. Mm. And, and uh, yeah. You know what I love hearing about that? Uh, because you're, you're, you're called to celibacy. And even though there's a certain amount of sacrifice that goes with that, sure. you know that you're functioning to as the person God created you to be. And I'm hearing you sort of cheer us all on. Just be true to your calling. Be faithful in it. Honor God in it. And uh, and for those of us who are married, we can thank God that He didn't call us to celibacy. <laughs> for those who, yeah. but, for but those I, who are, they're rejoicing. And what you said, uh, Brother Paul Vincent, of of you know, it's one thing to be lonely, but it's another thing to be lonely while you're in a marriage or, or, you know, in a, in a relationship when you're not called to be in that, in that space. And so I think someone listening, <clears throat> excuse me, someone listening even needs to hear that right now mm-hmm. that, that we're never uh, rent lonely. Cause we do have our heavenly father. Right. But, but I know what you mean physically lonely. Right. Um, right. So, but yeah, someone needs to hear that. Yeah. And to, and to, you know, in the, in the roughest days, you know, did we go through, you know, the, the sexual abuse situation in the Catholic church, you bet we right. did. Um, but it was amazing that, and that's, we're talking like a 20 year, it, that it was intense for, yeah. for about 20 years. Um, but we never lost our sense of humor. Mm. We never lost um the, the sense of, of smiling, of God's love for us and the love that we had for each other and for everyone else. And, and to, um, you know, this is not our home. So don't, don't take it too personally. We're, we're moving on. We're just passing through here. We do the very best we can. And then you let it go. This is, you know, I'm not, when people say, oh, I hope to live to be 150. Oh, no, please, God, don't do that to me. <laughs> I, I want to be home with you a lot sooner than that. Oh, um, yeah. And, and so that's when I thought, you know, the spirit is, is in this place because we, we still have the spirit of joy, mm-hmm. of laughter, and of love. Love that. Even that in the so midst good. of all the, the turmoil within ah, the church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is so good. And so important for us in our daily lives to remember, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's something to look forward to. Amen. And, uh, and today Amen. in the present, we can smile and be happy. At funerals, I will tell, you know, the grieving family, and I've, I've been at some pretty rough funerals. We all have, I suspect. And if I know the people well enough and they know I'm a theater showbiz kind of monk, <laughs> I say, you know what? This is just intermission. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is just intermission. There's a whole second half mm. that goes on for all eternity. And that's the best part of the show. Oh, so please, awesome. 
you know. Oh, I, I please can't, believe that. I can't think of a of a better place to to jump off than than that. That is a very encouraging word. This, yeah, is is not the whole show. It's just an intermission. I love that. Well, Brother Paul Vincent, you are one of the most unique men I think I've ever met. Who is, uh, I mean, seriously, who's gone from being a. You've got to get out more often. (laughs) (laughs) I need to come back up there and and find out more about some of your other brothers. Please do. Please do. Unique individuals. Yeah. Thank you for sharing because I know you're speaking to someone today that is in kind of that, that, uh, just a dilemma of, do I do this or do I that? Do I do this? And you're saying, live it, live mm. life. This is not a dress rehearsal. And so um, the fact that you have lived life well, and you're leading by example, and you're in a, a place of contentment and peace and all that, and, and you're just in busyness. busyness, but you're yep, experiencing at the, same time, sure. the joy of the Lord, because you're right where he uh, wants you to be. And so um, someone uh, that is listening really needs to hear that. Just go for Wonderful. it. Just go for Wonderful. it. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us uh, your time today, Brother Paul Vincent. It's a pleasure. And yeah, uh, very I, fun. we do hope to stay in touch <laughs> and I hope to make another trip back up there. I think this time I'll bring my wife, Wendy. We'll stay in the Abbey Guest Great House. Great idea. And we'll come and have coffee together. Lovely. <laughs> Would love that. All right. Well, God bless you, my friend. God thank you so you. very much. All Advent right. blessings. Take thank care. You. you as thank well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. Wow, that was a very fun show, and he is just um, amazing. He's like, one, I, I, he's one of a kind. I'm, kind of, I, I'm actually kind of speechless sometimes. Like, I want yeah. to say something. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really know what Let to him say. Talk. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what I love the fact that he's, uh, you know, some ways so he's just like though. the rest of us too. I mean, right, I mean, we all deal with the same struggles, and he's a human. Mm-hmm. We're you're a human. I mean, it, it's not some pie in the sky, uh, off on the mountaintop. Uh, doing nothing but spending all their time praying and meditating. Now, there are some monks that do that. Right. But you, you heard, uh, if you were tuned in from the very beginning, you could hear his phone ringing in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He it's literally like, went over to unplug the unplug phone from the, the wall. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting so many calls. But I love the fact that we actually have interviewed someone who has, has gone from the circus to the monastery, mm-hmm. from being a ringmaster to a monk, a monk and uh, is loving every bit of it. It is. It's amazing. And you said, like you said, he's, he's a real guy. Like I, I know yeah, I've, he's a dude. I've seen priest, uh, in, um, I don't know, the airport or something, you know, with yeah. their, I don't even know what the you call it. Yeah. The collar and just different things. I'm like, Oh boy, there's a priest. I don't even know how I should go talk to him better or smile. Or, yeah. Better behave. And it's just so funny how you, in your mind, you're like, Oh my goodness, but they're real people. They're just <laughs> normal people doing life and, and being a part of community. And, um, I love that he has, God does not waste anything. No. So the fact that he, he, and God wants the desire of our heart. And the fact that he was in theater and, and, mm. and, you know, doing all these plays and, and God continued to orchestrate that through the circus. And now even through yeah. uh, the monastery, I just think is a beautiful thing. So nothing's wasted, but um, even your time at the um, 10, days 10 days I spent at that monastery, at that monastery was not and, wasted. And if you want to yeah. hear more about that and all the lessons that Todd learned, which yeah. there were quite a few, I think we even go ten. through like 10. Well, there are 10 I lessons because I stayed there. Ten. Ten. Yeah, because there were, I stayed 10 days. I don't know how I made it that long. He was supposed to stay 13. Uh, never mind. I, God gave me permission to leave after 10 <laughs> days. Of uh, of learning lessons that I didn't know I needed yeah. to learn, and but you so got to listen to those, yeah. and that is in episode. I 60. think they apply to everybody. They really do. So, um, after you listen to this episode, head on over to episode sixty and uh, listen to those lessons. But I was also thinking of Psalm forty six ten, and it's be still and know that I am God. And while 
brother Paul Vincent is is busy because he's communications director and this and that. He still is intentionally still so that he can hear God's voice. And I mean, obviously, yeah, he's at a monastery, but they have those intentional times. They, they have the regimen, the routine, the consistency. And I think that that's important for us to remember, too, as we're going about our busy days yeah. and in the world, mm-hmm. we need to have some, some routine uh, so that we can be still and hear from the Lord. So I would add a big amen, amen sister to that. Sister. <laughs> Anyway, thank you all so much for tuning in. And uh, we would appreciate it if you would invest in this podcast by sharing it, sharing it with someone that um, you know would get a giggle from it and Mm -hmm. even be inspired by it. And uh, also give it a rating and a review. And we will read that on the air sometime. That would be super fun. All right. God bless you. And uh, see you next week. So glad you could join us today. And you'll find a new episode every Tuesday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you've been encouraged by listening or viewing, would you just take a moment and give us a five-star rating and a quick review? That'd be so awesome. Yeah, and also please share this with your friends and loved ones. If you have comments or questions, or if you're looking for an advertising opportunity, please get in touch with us at yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. Or if you'd like to optimize your health and wellness, you can work directly with Wendy. Go to wendypat.com. Or if you're a guy and you're interested in mentoring and coaching, go to toddisburner.com. We look forward to having you join us on our next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough.